bad. Has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Welcome to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Today we have Coach Boyle, the new offensive line coach at the University of Colorado. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Appreciate it, Nick. Have me back on, man. No problem, my friend. It's always good to have you on. How has the uh, transition to Colorado been? You know, it's been extremely busy. You know, we uh, I found out I was on the road up in Michigan driving, and uh, Coach Lou gave me the call and said, get on back here as fast as you can, and got back and had a team meeting. You know, I definitely wanted to sit down with the offensive linemen and uh, at Kent and talk to them before I left and, you know, gave me the opportunity to do that. And then we were on a flight the next morning at 9, and I was able to fly back to Kent for about four hours and try to pack my place. And I've been <laughs> here, you know, pretty much ever since until right now. We got, we're on a little bit of a break. So it's been extremely busy, man. That might be an understatement, Coach, and it's pretty well documented by uh, the people at Colorado. Um, but how has the transfer portal affected you as a coach, you coaching the offensive line, uh, skill development, and how you install things? You know, with, with our system, and, and it's the good thing about what we're doing, and like I was visiting with you before and what, what we did at Kent, our, our system is so simple and it has to be because of what we do with the tempo that the install and everything else, it, it's just, it's a change of terminology. Uh, it's the kids learning, you know, basically learn all five positions, you know, because with me at this level, it's a little bit different at the FBS power five because your tackles are going to be a little bit different than, than other places. Uh, but basically inside is, is just finding the right guys at the right spot, you know, especially for me, finding a center, you know, cause that's such a big deal in our system uh, because of how we communicate and how fast we go, you know, that, that has to be second nature for that kid. And uh, you know, so, so there's a lot of good pieces to it. And like I said, we have the blueprint, we've done it at Kent, you know, and we're going to turn around and do it here. So the the system is what it is. We aren't going to change. You know, we might add a few wrinkles uh, just because of some of the different athletes we have now, and especially in the skill positions. Uh, but, you know, it's it's basically going to be about the same. So installing everything else, and Coach Lou, he likes to refer to it as, as you know, drinking from a fire hose, man. Uh, I mean, it goes in fast. We put in everything in about – probably four or five days of what we're doing, the base and everything else. And after that, it's just repetition. I do want to piggyback off that. Um, what do you look for in a center? How do you find that center, especially in your scheme or another center heavy scheme? Honestly, I, I look for, I want, I want the toughest guy on the team if I can get him. 
you know, that that guy has got to be different than the rest of the kids that we recruit. Yeah, and basically that's how I look at it. You know, it used to be, yeah, you're always looking for a, the left tackle. You know, you're looking for the, you know, uh, maybe a right tackle, you know, the tackle spots and then build inward. You know, we, we, we start inside and build outward, basically. You know, so I, I've got to find a kid that's, he has to be intelligent. Uh, he has to be a leader, you know, and like I said, he, he's got to have that mindset where he's the toughest cat in the locker room. And that's ideally what we look for. Coach, your system's obviously very fast and you have a very detailed clinic on a line play from our last podcast together, but do you have any recommendations for high school aligned coaches, particularly ones working in gap schemes? Um, any details that kind of hit on last time or anything that comes to mind? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing for me is, especially if I, if I was going to tell high school coaches what to look for, everything for an offensive lineman is learned. You know, it, it's a learned, it's a learned skill set. You know, uh, you know, and I've heard it before, but, you know, you're five years old. You, you're not going to call your buddy up or seven years old and say, hey, let's go out and block things around the neighborhood. You know, you, you just don't see that. You know, the, 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 the guys are, you know, guys are going to go out and play catch. Guys are going to do, you know, whatever. But to be an offensive lineman, I, I think it's a, it's a skill set. The technique part is huge to me that has to be taught and it's all learned with those guys. You know, I, you know, just like with us right now, it's, we're going to have great skill guys, no doubt at Colorado, but the O-line part is still a learn. They're, they're guys that are, it's going to take them a little bit longer, you know, to pick the things up that we're doing right now, you know, and, and some of the receivers we have right now that are coming in from the portal or JC or where else, you know, those guys are ready to go right now. They can step on a field and, you know, be able to run a few routes and do some things. But for us, it's a different mindset, man. We, we have to be able to teach and we have to be able to teach technique. So the technique part is gigantic to me. It's a learned set. Uh, I, I think those guys have got to be, they got to be the closest group on the team. You know, and, and I, I think back to all the best teams I've been on and been a part of and, you know, staff-wise, whether it's head coach or anything else, that group set the tone for everybody else. Yeah, that that was a group that stayed out longer than everybody else. They they were earlier than everybody else. They they were always in their seats 15 minutes before any meeting ever started. And and that you guys see that stuff, man. You know, your O line and D line, that they, they kind of set the the standard for how that team's going to be that year. You know, and that that's huge to me, you know, and, and I don't think it's it's stressed enough that those guys are not that they're going to do everything right all the time. You know, you're, but they're always going to be the guys that, that everybody can lean on, man. You know, and it has to be that way. You know, getting back to technique, when you're talking about high school coaches and stuff and, and Nick, this is just something I've seen. Like I said, I've been in it so dang long, but you know, just teaching a a a, a proper stance that that's what from doing the high school coach the camps and everything else that I go around you know and, and done this forever but just just seeing guys 
knowing what they're doing in their stance. You know, the, the proper thing, because the stance is, is everything to me. You know, and I, I take it for granted, to be honest with you. You know, and I, I got to keep reminding myself in the offseason, I'm just shaking my head going, I, I have got to do a better job with, there, there should be no false steps. There should be no, and it's all, everything is based off the stance. So spending more time with how do you depart the line of scrimmage, whether it be catch pull on pass or catch drive on run, you know, how, and, but it all comes from your base, you know, how you set it up, you know, that's a huge thing to me. And, and, uh, you know, and, and another thing is just some basic pet peeves is just not showing and you're always going to have defeat. Yeah, that's going to happen, especially for an offensive lineman. You can't have a memory where you carry that crap on for two or three more plays where it's going to affect what you do. And you don't ever want to show. You don't want to shake your head. You don't want to clap your that loser clap is what Coach Lou calls it, which, I, you know, it, they'll get beaten and just clap their hands, you know, in, in disgust or whatever. Don't show that. You know, I, I, that just bothers me to death. You know, and everybody's looking at that, you know, and those are just some little things. I know probably got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but, uh, you know, those are the things, you know, if I'm a coach and I'm going back and I'm doing it all over, just some different things where I want to bring those guys in together as close as they can. They need to be hanging out in the off away from the field. They need to be watching film together. You know, film is film works huge. And now the best thing about it, Nick, and I don't know if your guys do it or you do it as a, as a high school coach where a kid can go home and watch it on his phone or his iPad. You know, they watch practice and everything. I, I That bothers me, you know, because – and I told them, I've told my guys this forever. I don't want to see one guy watching film. You know, we, you asked about the center spot. To me, it's that center job, and I'm in their butt all the time. There ought to be about five to ten of you guys together watching film talking through everything together because that's how it works on the field. You know, it isn't just one individual guy watching his technique or his assignment. You know, the, those guys have to be doing that stuff together, man. You know, so just a few things. You mentioned film there. Um, obviously, you guys move incredibly fast, both in the game and at practice. Um, kind of what is your process for breaking down film, uh, going over film with players, meeting with players, how much time you spend as a staff with players. Um, obviously, your time is extremely limited on what you're able to spend with them. And then how do you pick what you go over and, and why do you go over it? The way we practice and how fast we go, we get a ton of reps in, buddy. So, I mean, it, it's not uncommon for us in a, in a practice in two 18-minute team periods or 17-minute periods to run, you know, between 80 and 100 plays, you know, up and down, up and down. You know, every five yards we're moving the ball with the defense, without a defense, we're always moving. So you're coaching on the run. But what what I do is we sit down and we watch everything together after practice. You know, so we'll sit. Coach Lou will have us all in there. I'll watch Scale. I'll watch one-on-one uh, -on -one wide receiver DB. I'm, I'm in there for everything. You know, and everybody's watching the one-on-one O-line, D-line, and inside and everything else. And, uh, you know, so we go through all of that. And basically, I, I'll just clip. I'll go through and I'll have a – we have a guy running the film or a, uh, my offensive line analyst 
and and I'll just tell him, all right, mark that, mark that, mark that, you know. So I go through, and I don't, we don't watch. Of course, we can't watch everything, you know. But I'm I'm going to pick out the major scheme things, you know, that we might be struggling with, uh, you know. And of course, I'm going to always. You, you can't just put negative stuff on the film, you know. If you're going to go in there and show it to the kids, uh, you know, and I'm going to put on there something. All right, we we might have put in a new technique. We're working with our hands or a, or a different type of uh, run block that we're working on. One of the base run plays that we're working you know, or how we deuce, you know, on, on our gap stuff, you know, how we change that a little bit. I'll throw some stuff in there like that, but mostly it's scheme. And, and be honest with you, Nick, I'm, I'm, and my kids can tell you, we'll watch all that stuff. And then I'm out of there. You know, I'm going to take those guys out. I'm a huge walkthrough guy. You know, I, I want to get out. I, I want to, I'll draw up cards. I'll draw up flash cards. I'll draw up, you know, all their blitzes for every week. I still do that stuff myself and make a wristband or have a sheet. And, you know, we're, we're going to get out and I'm, I'm going to, because I'm a visual guy and learn that way. And, and the kids like it better where they're out, especially for an offensive lineman, because you're seeing the stuff move in front of you. You know, you're, you're reacting to steps, you know, and that was one of the best things I've picked up from the clinic I went to the last two days is uh, it was good to hear Andrew Whitworth and, you know, I don't know how many NFL Hall of Fame guys talk about walkthroughs and how to approach a walkthrough. You know, those guys live for walkthroughs, and that that's really going to change what I'm doing with my guys. We're, we're going to bust our ass doing the walkthroughs. You know, their first two to three steps are going to be full speed. You know, we're not going to drill anybody or fit up or hit anybody, but that's where you get your reps, man. You know, and, and that's where you learn the technique. And, and not just your basic go through the motions, let a guy walk by or whatever, you know, I, that those are real reps, man. You know, and that's that's something that really hit home. And I've always stressed on it. But I'm, my guys are going to see a whole new walkthrough when I get back. You know, and that's that's I, I, I took that to heart. I thought that was one of the better things I've heard. I've always done that to a point, you know, but you always let something slide and you can't see everything. But I, I think the walkthrough part of it is gigantic, you know, and with an offensive lineman, I can sit in there and draw on a grease board all day. And, you know, those guys will shake their head. And, you know, anymore, Nick, you know, as well as I do, and all the coaches can tell you, I don't know, maybe I'm doing something wrong. But if I'm in there watching film with those guys for 35 minutes, and I'll guarantee you half of them are starting to bob and weave. I'm seeing their eyes drop. I'm seeing, I don't, I don't give a dang what time of day it is. But I'm going to get their ass out and we're going to do a walkthrough. You know, we're, I'm, we're going to see stuff. I want them thinking. I want them making their communication calls. You know, and that's another huge part of it, too. But those are all good things that we like to do. And like you said, we just can't go through every clip and film, you know, with the guys and with the reps we're getting in. How do you like to use your GAs, analysts, assistant or line coaches, whatever you want to kind of call them? They're kind of titled depends on the school and resources and a variety of other things. Um, how do you like to use them? Um, I know that can kind of vary from school to school and vary depending on experience levels. Um, how do you use your GA slash analyst slash assistant or line coaches? My typically my and the GAs can tell you that have been with me before. Nick, I am absolutely terrible at technology stuff. You know, so so my wife had to set this up for me and laugh and laughing all the time because 
I, mean, I struggle with this stuff. And, and my guys, even the players are saying, man, when I start a meeting, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better and I've been better, but they're going to, they're, I rely heavy on those guys with the technology part. I put a control sheet together because we don't believe in, in a, a playbook. You know, Coach Lou doesn't believe in any playbooks. We don't give that stuff out. You know, so what I'll do is I'll make a booklet every week on who we're playing and it'll have their, you know, their top, their two deep, you know, their schemes, their blitzes, their top blitzes, their, their tendencies in the red zone, you know, all this, all that. But my guys live and die on, I know what they look at. They look at who they're playing against and then they're going to, I make them draw. They have to write out all their assignments for that week in that booklet. So I, I list their top five defensive fronts that we're going to see for that week. And, uh, and then I'll put a quiz on the back. It could be 50 to 80 questions. You know, basically I just draw plays, you know, I'll draw defensive fronts, bring pressure, things like that, where they have to fill them in, but they're responsible for those booklets every week. And then they turn them in on Friday to me, you know, so their booklet, they draw up all, all their run scheme and we're doing that week and pass pro, you know, of what they're seeing. So, my whoever's working with it, whether it be an analyst or a GA. Right now, I don't have a GA. I'm an analyst. Uh, Coach White's phenomenal, man. He he's, he does a great job with the technology part of putting that booklet together for me. So that's done. That's the first thing those guys get on Tuesday mornings, you know, for the week. So he he does a great job of that. During practice, he will run the service defense, and he's responsible for the front seven. Because I know a lot of schools that will have their defensive GAs or defensive analysts come over and run the, the defensive guys for the, for, the, uh, for the offense. We don't do it that way because our guys are watching. Nick's, or, uh, Gunner's always watching film with me, Coach White. He's in all of our breakdowns. He's in all of our stuff. He knows how that defense we're playing that week is operating. So we use our offensive guys to run the defense that we're going to be seeing that week. And it's always worked out great for us, you know, so they have a huge responsibility with that, and especially with our tempo, man, you know, cause that, that's a tense, tense deal in practice, you know, because getting that front lined up, getting the call out, you know, and then we'll have a guy responsible for the secondary, you know, that's doing that. And, and we don't, you know, if we run 50 plays in a team period, you know, we'll go the, the ones will go against the service defense, five yards all the way up to about the 50. We'll flip it around. That's about eight plays, could be 10 plays, whatever. And then we'll flip it. And then the twos will go out and they'll run against air and come back the other way. You know, we just keep going back and forth like that. So then we'll move the hash and move the ball moves and everything else. And we don't script anything, you know. So during those team periods, Coach Lou's, he has a card, he has his plan. And he's calling out, you know, what we're doing and we're rolling. So, but, but those guys are, you know, I, I wouldn't make it without them, man. And I've had some great, great GAs, man. You know, so those guys, they, they, they work, you know, they work and they're, you know, they're treated just like any other coach, man. If I, if I catch a kid calling those guys by their first name, I'm blasting, you know, they're every bit as a coach as any guy on our staff. You know, so that that's important to me. You mentioned you didn't script anything during that section. Uh, what is the philosophy behind that? Coach Lou, he, you know, it, and all every every old coordinator is different on that. You know, I've, I've worked for guys, and I was that way when I was an old coordinator and head coach, where we 
we scripted our first eight to 10 plays. You know, he, he doesn't believe in that. You know, we, we just, we're rolling, man. Our whole thing is getting the first, first down, you know, so we, you know, we'll do our third down breakdowns. We'll have our first down starters. We'll have all that stuff. We'll have a menu, you know, and it's not huge at all, you know, but his whole thing is, you know, script during a game, you know, and, and, and he feels better. And I believe him too. I think it's a great idea is it's going to change, you know, your, your whole first quarter is going to change your, the, the last four minutes of the second quarter are going to change, you know, all that stuff. And, and if you're scripting that stuff all the time, you're going to be second guessing yourself and looking for things, you know, and we know it works. We know where we need to call. And, uh, you know, basically we're calling to move the ball. And, uh, you know, we have our, our shots and things like that that he's going to give, but we cover everything. If people want in-depth on the run game, obviously go back to the prior podcast, watch the clinic portion. Um, and you've kind of mentioned already kind of stance is kind of a main focal point. But for high school coaches, besides stance, where should they kind of start? What needs harped on? You watch a lot of film. Um, in your opinion, kind of what besides stance do we need to kind of really push and focus on as O-line coaches? Like, yeah, and you hit it on, you know, and I've, I've, I've brought it up and I, I think stance is huge. And I think the next thing is, especially in the run game is what I watch. And especially when I watched in high school offensive line, when we were recruiting them, how fast they get their second foot in the ground. Yeah, you know, that's a big, I call catch to drive. How fast they can get their catch step in the ground, which is their first step. And how fast they can hit their drive step in the ground, you know, and then, and then for me, Nick, especially in the run game, buddy, is, you know, if you've been around my stuff and see my stuff, I, I don't like kids rolling their hips. I hate choppy steps. You know, I, 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 I when I, when I see those great run blocks, when, when offensive linemen accelerate through and finish, it's, it's like a fat jet taking off, man. It's low to high. They don't go high all the way down. They don't pop up like a sailboat out of their stance and move anything, man. The ass is back. You know, they're making contact and you watch their feet. And when they run somebody off the ball, they're running off the ball, you know, and that's, that's one of my best drills. And, you know, I put it in the podcast before was, was the zone drill, man. I I want those guys running off. And, and, you know, you're, and you're going to change it. There's going to be a shuffle step. There's going to be a, a J step. There's going to, there's going to be some different steps along the line, but when it gets down to it is ass back and running, you know, and I just heard the other day and I heard this, you know, 50 years ago, when being an offensive lineman is if you're going to push something and this comes from Joe Moore, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to push a truck across the parking lot, that's out of gas, Am I going to fit up, roll my hips, and just chop my feet 5,000 times to push that truck? No. I'm, I'm, I'm gaining ground on every step. My ass is back. You know, there's a natural lean to it, and, and that's how you drive. You know, and everybody coaches different. That's just what I believe. You know, and everybody's right. You know, there's a million guys that teach different ways, choppy steps, thing like that, and kick the hell out of people, which I admire. But, you know, that's just not me, man. So the, I think the run and a great thing I heard the other day was how you fit. And I teach shoulder tip to chin on a fit on a run block, but how you fit is 
where's your wrist at in relationship to your elbow? You know, and I've never heard it that way. And I thought that was a great teaching point. When you fit, your wrist is above your elbow. So that means your elbow is down, should be underneath the pec or in close relationship to your tight to your body or your lat, but it's not away from your body. You know, if the elbow's away from your body, you know, you, everything's getting collapsed on you. You know, so keeping the wrist higher than the elbow on the run fit. And naturally, that's going to get you your pad level underneath somebody if you're doing that. It's the same thing as throwing an uppercut. You know, so how you fit, a million different ways to teach a fit. But I thought that was a good point. I'm going to use it with my guys is, all right, we're fitting this uppercut and we're fitting shoulder tip. But the wrist is always up above the elbow, regardless of how you finish. And, and run blocking, me, buddy, it coaches, it's you're taking space away. That's a huge coaching point to me. You know, when I see an offensive lineman come out and extend their hands and try to push somebody, that you're going to get cleared. You're going you're gonna to get heavy hands. You're going to fall off that block. If I'm taking away space and my, my face mask is in relationship to that body or my shoulder tips in relation to that body and everything's tight, those are your run blocks, man. That's when you're getting movement. D-line, when you try to push off a D-lineman, that nothing but bad happens out of that. You get your hands clear, you get heavy hands, you fall off blocks. But when you're when you're taking space away as fast as you can, th- those are way you move people, man. One of the other things I, I sent you that I don't think it's talked about enough is a quick game pass pro by offensive lineman. Um, a lot of times in high school, it's kind of just drive at the guy and quarterback make you right. And I don't really hear much college or professional guys talk about it. And, and part of that is because the ball gets out so fast. Um, but do you have any recommendations for high school coaches, um, and teaching or, or working on uh, quick game pass pro? You know, it gets back to fast feet, fast hands for me, you know, you, your feet first off have to be extremely quick. If you're teaching quick pass pro, you know, and for me, I like to cover D lineman up. So we widen our base. You know, so we'll, I, we call it the four inches. We're going to take four inches, but I don't want them staying into it and going after it. You know, so we're going to take four inches and cover them up as fast as we can with our feet. So fast feet are great on that. The second thing is I, I don't want to put my face on the guy. And we just talked about run block and taking space away. In pass pro, you're creating space. So I, I want to bomb that guy with my hands as fast as I can. And it, usually, Nick, it's independent hands. I, too many high school guys and even the guys I coach, you know, they want to punch, punch with both hands, you know. And, and But there, to me, it's, it's like hitting a speed bag, man. You know, there, there's got to be a rhythm. There's got to be separate hands. And you talk about what, you know, especially when you, when you what I would tell a high school coach in pass pro, how many guys have you seen taught the punch and recoil deal? You know, I, I see that, you know, I, I still see it all the time where a guy punches and they bring their hands back, they punch again, they bring their hands back. That That is a dumbest, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I can't even call it dumb. I just don't understand because in pass pro, I, you only get one punch and you take it, you grab and you sit your ass down in, in a good base. 
you know, the pass pro demeanor, what's your posture, you know, the heads back the head, you know, so the quick pass pro is how fast you can cover it with your feet, how fast you can punch it and actually grab it and get your hands inside and then sitting back in that posture and then, then going right to your insteps. You know, if your heels are up in, in that stuff, you're going to get Olaid. The guy's going to push pull you to death. You know, and a D lineman, they're going to read your hands or you're going to read how you jump, you know, but it's a lot of independent hands. We call it a joust, which would be a one hand, you know, a one hand could be outside, could be inside. And we call it chase with our inside. I don't let our guys really punch unless it's a different, unless they're changing their toolbox and using a different inside joust or something like that. But our inside hand is a hook. You know, it's, it's a straight uppercut. We're going right up the rib cage. And we're grabbing with that inside. And that, that protects us from anything coming back underneath us. If we try to punch with our inside, our shoulders are going to get turned. And if a good D lineman's quick, man, they're going to clear that out inside hand and go right underneath you in your hose. You know, so everything's a quick hands, fast hands, independent hands. Could be one hand. You know, and you could work a drag hand with your backhand. You know, but it's, it's all about, and the best drills, you know, I'm, I'm not a big sled guy. You know, our, you know, I got those fireballs I got from uh, Gilman with the handles on them now. And I can finally afford some equipment in Colorado. But, you know, now I got, you know, I got some stuff I can work with. Uh, so, I mean, we, we work those balls. We work as fast as I can. I bought, I bought, um, I bought an aqua ball for myself, like the MMA aqua ball you filled up with water. So I took all the heavy bags away, like the big berthas and stuff like that. We don't hit anything that's, four feet wide, man. We, we aren't playing against that. So I, I, I hang the aqua balls now and they weigh about 120 pounds, but they're filled with water. They're heavy, you know, and I'll put in the nylon uh, wrap or thing and put them from the, from the, where the big Bertha used to be. And my guys love it, man. Cause it's a small target. It, they have to get their elbows in when they snap it and, and it, it'll move for you and you get two on on either side. But you know, I can teach a hook because it's a ball. It's hanging so I can work the underneath hand with the hook, with the catch hand underneath. You know, so you, a lot of different things you can work on that. But quick sets, aggressive sets, the best thing to do is work against yourself, man. But it's, you know, as well as I do, any old line coach can tell you, getting on old lineman to simulate a D lineman in practice is like pulling teeth. I, I, I end up, when I do that stuff, I end up bombing those guys more than I'm, working my own offensive guys trying to work technique because you're constantly trying to get the D lineman to do stuff right for you, man. Give you, give me a good look, you know, come off the ball, you know, take two steps as fast as you can because it does you no good to just go through. Anytime you're working pass pro, when you're punching there, there is no in between, there is no half speed, you know? So every time you punch, it's the real deal, you know? And that's, that's something in, that's again, repetition. You know, those, those, you don't go through the motions in pass pro, you know, it's every time you put your hands on somebody, it's legit, you know, so in it, in whatever drill we do, you know, I'm constantly reinforcing that those guys, heavy hands, fast hands, grab as fast as you can, independent hands. But, you know, I hope I answered your, oh, your quick yeah. pass pro. My last question for you, um, you mentioned the mastermind clinic earlier, um, and obviously that's a retort to the D-line uh, coming together and doing their own little thing. And it and it's a great idea bringing former 
NFL offensive linemen, O-line coaches, current NFL linemen all together to talk offensive line play. Is there anything you kind of took from that that would be like applicable to high school coaches and high school players? That I picked up from that clinic? Yeah. I, I'll, here, I'll just here's some of the stuff I wrote down. And there, there were some great ones. But and, and this is stuff you wouldn't think of that you would hear about an offensive lineman. But, you know, this is coming from Whitworth. This is coming from uh, uh, Bruce Matthews. I mean, Will Shields. I mean, the, the guys that are at this deal, if you ever get a chance, and Duke Manning Weather runs it, it's by invite. But, you know, I used to go to the cool clinic way back. You know, the one in Cincinnati was phenomenal when Coach McNally first started and it, it's still really good, but you get more philosophy stuff now, you know, I, and, and, and as a young coach and even now, man, I, I want to hear the technique parts, man. I, I want to hear why are you doing that? You know, how, how are you defending this? You know, things like that. But, you know, some of the best things that came out of the deal from the last two days were being the best shape you can ever be in, you know, and, and that, that's something I've always stressed for offensive linemen, but, you're going to win games in the fourth quarter, you know, and we made a living on this at Kent State. Yeah, that's that's why we won games. We weren't bigger than anybody. We weren't we weren't faster than anybody, but we were going to wear people out, man. You know, and, and it was how we conditioned, you know, and it was due to our strength coach and what, you know, Coach Sobel did and, and all the coaches, the way they worked. But, you know, just being in the best shape possible, because if you're in the best shape possible, your, your injuries are less, you, you're, you're not going to get hurt, uh, and you feel better, man. You're, you're always going to be up, you know, and that, that was something that was, that was really stressed. You know, the, the um, what are some other ones? The, and every one of these guys hit on this was, what's your own lineman do away from the field, man? You know, when they're not with you, coach, what, what, are, what are they doing? You know, what, what are they hanging together? Are, are they loners? Are, are they, do they eat together? Do they, do they get together on Thursday night and have supper together? Do they watch film together? You know, the more those guys are together, the better off you're going to be as a team. You know, and believe me, I know you're not going to make a friend for somebody or tell some guy he's got to be friends with somebody, but those, those are huge, huge coaching points, man. And they're little things, and you might think, ah, but, you know, that's the way it is. But it's – I think that's huge. I mean, you know, I think back to the best teams I've ever been associated with. Those guys did everything together, man. You know, I, I talked to two or three of the guys I played with every week, you know, in college, and that was who knows how long ago. You know, but the closer those guys are as a unit, and even your D-line unit, the, the better off you're going to be, you know, so those, those are big things. Let me see what else, man. Uh, you really, that, those were the biggest things that kind of stood out to me, you know, that, that jumped out, but you heard them over and over and over, you know, and another one was injuries, you know, football, Regardless, there's about a hundred percent injury rate in football, regardless what position you play. 
how do you deal with that and how do you get back on the field? You know, that, that was a, that was a big point, you know, uh, you know, doing everything you can because we always hear it is not letting your teammate down, you know, and I think back to last year, you know, I had some guys, man, that, you know, that, that didn't get back fast enough for us and it hurt us. You know, it, it was one of the first years and, and you can't help injuries. You know, I, I get that, man. But, you know, at Kent, going through the gauntlet we did every year when I was there, playing the, the you know, like last year, Georgia, Oklahoma, you know, uh, Washington, you know, the guys we were always going to start off with, that that finally caught up to us last year, you know, and, and I didn't get those guys back that we needed up front. You know, you were constantly trying to part things together and, and just getting those guys back together. And, you know, and the way it is now, and I know with you and the same thing with me, and even in the NFL, it's worse is the walkthrough part, man. That was, that was a huge deal to me. You're not always going to be able to hit, but what do you do during walkthrough? You know, it was interesting to hear Andrew Whitworth go through and talk about, he, he probably never even padded up in the last four years of his career, you know, and hit during the week ever. You know, but in walkthroughs, he put on a, a weighted vest and he busted his ass on every rep in walkthroughs and, and did his steps right. Didn't, you know, those, those, that was, that was great to hear, man. That was, a, that was cool. You know, that how much emphasis they put in walkthrough, you know, and, and you know, as well as I do, man, once you're out of camp, you know, who can hit. Yeah. You know, and it's changed so much since I, we all played and, this and that is, you know, who gives a dang? Oh, you're not tough because you don't hit every day. You know who can hit. You, you, you're to that point. But what do you do to hone your skills in the walkthrough, in the practice, when you're not going full pads and things like that? Those are huge, man. Okay. Well, coaches, obviously give Coach a follow on Twitter. Um, I mean, you, you'll see a bunch of them on all the Colorado social media stuff that they post. Um, it, trust Hopefully me, you won't see me on there. <laughs> hey, you, you are I, on there occasionally. Don't even, don't lie. You're on there. I stay away. I mean, he, Coach, Coach Brian knows how I feel about that, man. I'm, I'm, that's the last thing I want, man. Yeah. So if I look uncomfortable, yes, I am. I can't stand that stuff, man. <laughs> so, it's the way it is. Uh, like, share, subscribe so people can find this and other videos. Um, and uh, link to his uh, podcast slash clinic from last time will be below. Um, otherwise, check out Project Coach Pad. And uh, thank you for watching. All right, appreciate it, man.